We've had some great music this morning. Amen. Touches my heart. We have some folks with us today. They're saddened. Their hearts are heavy. You can see it on their face. Death is an ugly thing. We hate it. It's our enemy. But we have hope. <laughs> I preached that just last week. Brian Norsworthy sat right back by the sound booth last week with Tina. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, Tina. I'm so sad for that. But he sat back there and listened to the whole message, smile on his face. He had hope. He had Jesus. And as hard as these days are and as sad as they are, we have a hope. We're going to see each other again. That's hard for a daughter. Daughters. Wife. It's hard. These songs today speak to our hearts because we have a risen Savior. I can't imagine not having Christmas songs to sing. Can you imagine not celebrating the birth of Christ? Wow. Such an important part. Even in this heathenistic world, even in a world that's gone so awry, we still hear the music of Christ in the stores. I'm so glad for those. I hear the other Christmas songs, and some of them are fun, but the ones that mean the most to us are about Christ for sure. The ensemble did a great job today. Specials were great today. Singing was great today, and I praise the Lord for that. Take your Bibles, if you wouldn't, turn to Luke chapter 24. Brother Creever was supposed to preach this morning, and Pastor Colton said it's just going to be a rough week for him to be able to do it. So would you come back? It worked out well. I was supposed to be in Ohio. I think I mentioned that last week. I was supposed to be in Columbus, Ohio today. Actually, I was supposed to be there Wednesday through today. And we had the snowstorm on Wednesday night. We got about a foot of snow, and my flights got canceled. The only way I can get into the States is to fly. So they got canceled. So I wonder, why would the Lord do that? And I believe that he had for this time uh, me be available so I could come today. So bear with me. You heard me last week, and uh, some of you did get your money back. And I'm not offering that today. Um, I'm broke, so uh, you'll have to bear through it. But I'm, I'm so glad to be back. I always love coming to my home church. I love seeing the folks that I grew up with. And a lot of new folks, a lot of new faces here. And there's some folks that are just a, a tremendous blessing. So thank you for this opportunity again, Lord, to be here today. I want to give you a message today that I've entitled, Things That Die Because Jesus Lived. Things That Die Because Jesus Lived. There has been little greater spiritual experience in my life than reaffirming with my own eyes the resurrection of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. As I mentioned last week, I have been to Israel a number of times. I've been there 11 times. I, I cannot believe it. If you'd have told me as a boy growing up in Simcoe that I would ever travel outside of our province, I would have been amazed. My mom and dad did take us on trips as kids. We drove all the way out to B.C. one year, and we drove all the way to the East Coast another year in our teenage years so we could see our country, and I'm glad we did. But to be able to travel the world, really, I never, I never dreamed I'd be able to do those things. And to be able to go someplace like that 11 times is just beyond my comprehension. But it's been such a tremendous blessing. 11 times I've entered what is known as Gordon's tomb. Gordon's tomb. Gordon discovered back in, I think it was the 30s or 40s, a hillside, and he saw and he looked, and it, it looked like a skull. And he said, that's got to be Golgotha. And I've seen it. It does. It looks like a skull. If you've seen pictures of it, it looks like a face of a skull in the side of a hill. And he thought, if that's Golgotha, then the burial place of Jesus must be close by. And he discovered it, found it. A tomb, first century tomb. The, the tomb of a rich man. In a garden place. And I've had the privilege 11 times to go to that place 
The doorway is kind of small. You have to bend down to get in. You have to be careful coming out. And you go inside and there's a place for the preparation of a body. Just a flat spot on the ground. And in that place, there are two unfinished burial places. Really just a bench. Started to be carved out, but not finished. And then there's one that's finished and it's empty. There's nobody there. On the door, it says, he is not here. He is risen. Every time I see that, I begin to cry. I'm kind of softy anyways, but I see that every time I think I serve a risen Savior. He's alive. I know it. He lives within me through the Holy Spirit of God. I have that risen Savior today within me. I'll see it again two more times in February of 2022 as we take two more trips. And I have to tell you, there has not been a time that I was not strongly moved as I entered into that garden place. You come in and you walk up and around to the right. And as you go up, uh, up a hillside there, you look out over and you see Golgotha right there. I mean, it's less than 300 feet from the tomb to the place of the crucifixion. Marking it as that place. We look and we see the skull and we tell the story of the crucifixion of Jesus. And then we come down and there's a little area there and we have a service. Brother Brett Pennell, who takes the trips with me, preaches there and does a tremendous job. He sings a couple of songs that tie into the message of the resurrection and just tears flowing as we think of the resurrected Savior. And then we leave there and we go down to that place and we stand before that door. And we have people go in two, three at a time, go in and spend some time in that place. Oh, man, it's so awesome. I tell people, you've, you've paid a good chunk of money to fly 11 hours to see nothing. And it's the greatest nothing you've ever seen. And it's the best money you've ever spent. You know, all of us this morning who are saved will say, yes, I believe that Jesus is resurrected. But when you see that empty tomb for yourself, there's just something about it. We're kind of like people from Missouri, the show me state, show me so I can believe. I, it just reaffirmed what I've always believed. I've seen men, big, burly, husky men, Go into that little room and come out broken, tears streaming down their face because we have a risen Savior. When Jesus died, he was buried, and the Bible tells us he arose again. When Jesus arose from that grave alive, many things were put to death. Let me show you now just a few of those things that die because Jesus lives. Look with me at Luke chapter 24 this morning. I'm going to read verses 36 all the way through to the end of the chapter, verse 53. Jesus has appeared to the disciples. They don't at first recognize him. It says, And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you, sweet words. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit, a ghost. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see me. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? He wants to prove to them again his reality. And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, 
These are the words which I spake unto you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. We serve a risen Savior and by his resurrection we can put to death some things of our life. First of all this morning we can put away worry. We can put away worry. Isn't it funny how we worry about things? We, worry. we all worry. We do it. We shouldn't do it, but we do. We don't need any worry in our lives. Today, the word is anxiousness. So many people tell me, especially in our younger generation, I'm anxious. I have anxiousness diseases. I have anxiousness problems. And there is an anxiousness to some people. We, in, in our day, my day, it's called it worrying. When you went to a new school, you were kind of worried what was going to happen. When you had to take a test, for me, I was very worried because I knew what was going to happen. When I started a new job, I was worried when I started dating a new girl, I got worried. All those things. There were butterflies in our stomachs. And, and, and you know, we maybe perspire a little more and all of those things. We got a little worried about things. Some of that's natural. Some of that's of the flesh. Some of it's just the unknown. And so we, we worry sometimes. Verse 49. Let's look there again. It says in verse 49, And behold, I send the... No, I'm sorry. Verse... Um, I jumped ahead of myself. Sorry. I want to look at Psalm 4.8. It says this, I will both lay me down in peace... And sleep, for the Lord only makes me dwell in safety. He said, peace be unto you. Jesus declared to them the peace of the peace offering. The peace offering of the Old Testament. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus Christ. If you've never studied the temple worship or the tabernacle worship, the furniture of the tabernacle, the positioning of the tabernacle of the temple, please do it. It's an incredible study. Every bit of it points to Jesus Christ. The peace offering was the peace made between God and man. The, the, the fulfillment of the need of forgiveness of sin brought peace. Peace is the absence of worry. God said, I want you to be a peaceful people. I want you to peace upon your lives. Even in the hardest of days, the most difficult of times, there can be a peace for family that lose, loses a loved one. We say loses. We don't lose them, but it's a term we use. When, when that loved one leaves us, there can be opportunity to worry but when you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, when you have that hope of eternal life, that gives a peace in a time of worry. Many in the world worry. We're never going to see them again. We're, we have no contact with them. We, we, we've lost all time with them. But not for us. Not for us who've called on Christ. Not for those who know him as their Savior. We know that there's a day coming when we will be reunited. And that gives us the hope to go on. It's funny, that message last week, we have a hope. We have a hope. Brother Northworthy had a hope. 
His hope was Jesus. His family has a hope today. Their hope is Jesus. This is an awesome Psalm 4.8 that we can go to bed at night and go to sleep. You ever had trouble sleeping? I'm 57 years of age. I'm having trouble sleeping. I can't shut my mind off at night. I'm thinking about stuff all the time. Nothing worries me. I'm just thinking about, okay, my car's not working right. I got to get that fixed. And I got to do this over here and I got to do that. And I thought when I stopped pastoring, I thought that would all be over, but it hasn't. And so I, sometimes at night, my mind's racing. I have a hard time going to sleep. Of course, I'm 57 years of age, so I usually have to get up at least once in the night just to, you know, because I'm 57. <laughs> you know. There's nothing like a good night's rest. I had a great night's rest the other night. I told my wife, I haven't slept for a while. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting a little antsy. I haven't slept right. And I don't know what it was, but I slept through the night. I sound asleep, woke up a little bit later than usual. I got up, I said, oh, I feel so good. I'm well rested. And the psalmist David, who had trouble at night sleeping sometimes, says, I'll lay me down in peace and sleep, for the Lord only makes me dwell in safety. I don't have to worry about a thing. You don't have to worry about a thing. Then this, Jesus declared peace unto you, the peace proclaimed at his birth. Glory to the newborn king. I learned this in Israel, that as we drove through the, the Judean desert, we saw like tent villages, just rough, really rough tents, plastic, you know, maybe, maybe some covering, open fires, beat up old vehicles. And I said to my guide one time, what is that? And he said, oh, those are Bedouin, Bedouin sheep herders. And then you could see the sheep. And he said, I'm going to teach you something. He said, how old were the shepherds at the birth of Christ? And I said, well, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say. He said, but what would you think? And I said, well, I would think they would be older men, maybe in their 50s, 60s. I don't know. He said, no. He said, look at the shepherds. Look who's looking after the sheep here. And it was kids. They were kids, teenagers and a little bit younger, boys and girls. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, when you put up your nativity set and you put those old men in place, that's not correct. He said, I can tell you by experience that the old men don't sleep outside in the cold. They sleep in the tent where it's warm. They send the kids out to do that. They send their sons and daughters out to do that. They watch the sheep. They just collect the money when it comes in. Can you imagine being a child, being a teenager, Today, sleeping outside, watching those sheep, worrying about the wolves, all those things. And all of a sudden, the angels appear. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Those teenagers, those kids, booked it to Bethlehem to find out what was going on. And they went about and noised it abroad. Peace to all mankind. That's the peace that Jesus is offering. Peace that calmed the raging sea. I've been on Mount Arbel that overlooks the Sea of Galilee. I can see it in my mind's eye right now. Paul can see it right now. You can see the whole Lake Gennesaret. The, the, the Sea of Galilee is not a sea. It's not, it's not near as big as our Great Lakes. Not near as big. It's about 12 miles long and about 7 miles across. Maybe a little bit bigger. And Jesus is watching as his... Disciples are out on the water one night and he walks on the water. And then one time he was in a boat. Very interesting thing. It talks about Jesus putting his head on a pillow. I might research that sometime. Kind of interesting. Why does it mark a pillow? I think to let us know that he was really asleep. It's hard to sleep without a pillow. 
And some of you have a favorite pillow. I have a favorite pillow. I've had it since I was just a little kid. It's all drool stained and nasty looking. My wife put two covers on it to keep the thing covered up. And I left it one time in a motel. I take it when, my, when I travel. It's only about this big around. It started out this big, but all, it was a feather pillow. It's down to about this size. Just perfect prop under my head. And I left it in a motel. And I came home and I said to my family, oh, I lost my pillow. I left my pillow. And they're like, hooray. And I called the motel and I said, is there any way that you found my pillow? I said, yeah, we got it. I said, could you send it back to me? One day in the mail, we got a box about this big. And I said, hey, guys, everybody in the living room, everybody come to the living room. And they're like, what? I said, family meeting, family meeting, come on. I said, in this box is joy. In this box is comfort and rest. Like, what, what is it? What is it? I said, here it is. Cut the box, open it up, pull my pillow. They're like, oh, no, it's back. <laughs> Jesus had a pillow. He's asleep on the boat. The boat's being rocked by the tempestuous sea. And they come and they wake him. And Jesus stands on the boat and says, Peace, be still. Do you ever wonder how he said that? Did he say, peace, be still? I think he might have just said, peace, be still. Immediately. Wow. That's the peace that he's talking about. You don't have to worry. You've got a Savior who can control the elements. He created them, therefore he has control over them. Peace that passes all understanding for those who believe. A peace that this world can't understand. They don't get it. When, when you should be devastated, when you should be upset, your house burnt down. It's okay. You've lost your business. It's okay. You've had to go through a death. It's okay. You see, I've got Jesus. And I know that as long as I have Jesus, I have peace. And I have no need of worry. Let's face it, there is plenty of opportunity in this life to worry if you want to. But you don't need to. Worry changes no situation. Listen to that now. Worry changes no situation. I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you're doing. Worry changes no situation. I think far too many are worrying now. In this day, in this time, there are many, even Christians, who are worried Almost devastated, mortified. What are we going to do? Hey, listen, concerned, yes. Cautious, yes. Worry, there's no need. There's no need. You see, this didn't surprise God. This isn't something, oh, what am I going to do now? How am I going to handle this? Before he created this world, he knew this time would come. He's got it under control. He's got a plan, and it's a perfect plan. If we'll just follow in his plan, you say, but there are things I don't know. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Remember when you were a kid? Why? 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 You got kids like that? You got a kid like that. Why? Because I said so. Because I said so. You don't answer why all the time to a little kid. You just tell them, don't worry about it. I got it. I'll take care of it. And, and the Heavenly Father says to us, don't worry. You know, the Bible says, casting all our care upon him, for he careth for you. Double meaning there. Double meaning. Not only does he care, take care of things, but he cares for us. He loves us. He wants what's best for us. Like any good parent wants the best for their children. If I found out that my daughter needed or my son needed 
an organ from, from someone else's body to live. You don't think I wouldn't say, hey, you take anything I got. You take the heart out of my chest if you need for my kid to live. I, that's for my child. The Heavenly Father, and sadly many don't understand this today because they haven't had this experience, but the Heavenly Father is the perfect Father. Imagine if you had a terrible child and you had a terrible father. Imagine that Father that you envisioned in your mind would be the greatest Father of all. That's our Heavenly Father. He loves and never abuses. He cares for. He gives experience to. He allows some freedom to. Until we go too far and then he has to say, come on back. Listen, Jesus said, I want to give to you guys a promise of peace and no worry. When Jesus arose, he gave to all who believe a peace that vanquishes worry. We serve a risen Savior and by his resurrection, we can put to death number two, waiting. Waiting. Now I want you to go to verse 49, if you would. Look there with me. Verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. What promise would that be? What promise is that? That the Father in the Old Testament promised to those after the coming of Jesus Christ. Well, we can see it in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. It says this, And it shall come to pass afterward, after Jesus dies and after he ascends, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. It was the promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus said, I, I am not going to stay with you always. I am going to depart. I'm going to leave. And I am going to send a comforter. Again, how do we find peace and contentment in troubled times like we're seeing now? We have a comforter. Because of COVID, we can't do it. But if Paul was troubled today, I could wrap my arms around him and say, Paul, it's going to be okay. Let's pray together. Let's, let's, let me encourage you. Let, let's go and have a cup of coffee together and, and we'll talk about it. And, and I'll see you through these next few days. A comforter. But you know, I can't always be with Paul. I, I can't always be available to him. God says, I'm going to give you someone that's going to travel with you wherever you go in whatever situation you're in. And I'm going to let him be a comforter to you. Because I know you're going to have hard days, and I know you're going to have troubles, and I know you're going to be concerned, and I know you're going to need caution. And so I'm going to give you something that's going to help you through that time. The Holy Spirit of God. Now listen, don't try to figure this out because you'll drive yourself crazy doing it. But God is three people, one. He's three in one. I I could give you all the examples of the egg has three parts and a tree and all those different things. I've tried to figure it out. I can't do it. I believe by faith that God is triune. He is the Father, He is the Son, and He's the Holy Ghost. He's all three the same in one, but yet different. We can't can't get that in our minds. He's God. He can do whatever He wants or needs. And so He said, I am going to continue to be in the heavens watching over this universe that I've created. My Son is going to come and be on earth and we'll commune one with another, but yet we're one. And then when He comes and ascends, I'm going to send a comforter and you'll have a Holy Spirit that will abide with you until that day when I sound that trumpet call and we are caught up to meet Him in the air. I hope it's tomorrow, don't you? Oh, today would be great. Amen. Give me about 15 minutes and then we'll go. Man, I hope it's today. And I hope we don't have to wait 15 minutes. I've got that, I've got that, that Holy Spirit. I don't have to wait anymore. 
And with that Holy Spirit comes some great things. When Christ arose, he brought an end to the waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Available to us now is that power of the Holy Ghost. Power. I love power. I like power tools. You ever see some of those old antique drills? You know, it's got a little handle on top. You got to spin that thing around. You ever see those? You see them at the old Cracker Barrel and different restaurants like that, old antique shops. Man, that would have been a lot of work. Not me, man. I'm plugging it in the wall. Now you just have to put the battery in it. Zip. Love it. You can, go, you can do this for two hours or you can do this. Zip. Which one do you want? Hmm. Our microwave broke. Life has stopped. Life is over. We lost the microwave. We have another thing in the kitchen with some burners on it, but I've never used it. I have a microwave. The power of the microwave. We have this big microwave. We bought it. We built a house and we put some new appliances and we got this big Maytag um, um, microwave. And uh, it takes about four and a half minutes to pop popcorn. It's like slow. We got this little tiny one. I bought a little tiny, like $50 one from Walmart. Put my popcorn in there, two and a half minutes, boom, done. You don't have to be big to be powerful. I love power. Push that button and cooks your food. I love locomotives. Oh, man, big trains. The bigger the train. I love that old diesel. I was telling the first crowd this morning that we used to live on Henry Street when I was a kid, which is just over by the high school. I went over there last week. I had a little bit of time between services, and I drove by. I went by my old schools. I went by where I used to live and all those different things, kind of just to relive. Went back to where I got saved again, and it was awesome. I remember when I was a kid on Henry Street, the railroad tracks were right behind our house, if you know that area. And the trains used to go by there all the time. I remember as a kid getting pennies and running out and putting them on the tracks, and, and then it would flatten it out. We thought that was the coolest thing. It made like a guitar pick out of a penny. I remember as a kid being scared to death that that penny was going to derail that train. Some of you remember this. Remember when we had a train that derailed and came off the bridge on uh, Norfolk Street years ago? How many of you remember that? How do you remember that? Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. You're driving down Norfolk Street, and here's a train on the road. Freaky thing. And I thought, oh man, somebody put a penny on the tracks. That's what did it. Some kid, going to be in big trouble. We would hear that train coming from a long ways away. We could feel it going down that track. You could feel the house begin shaking a little bit. You'd hear the rumble of that engine. He'd sound that horn. We'd run out in the backyard and try to get him to blow that horn. It was so loud. Power. I love excavators. Power. I love those big turbine engines on a, on a jet. Power. We have a power of God. A power to do great things in God's name. The temporary gifts needed before the completion of God's holy word are gone. But the power, the dunamis, the dynamite of the Holy Spirit is ours. The power to preach. The power to proclaim. The power to pray. The power to petition God. We can go before God and ask him whatever is on our heart. And if we pray in his will, in his name, God says, I'll give it to you. We don't need a priest. We go directly to him. We, we don't have to go to a man and slide a little thing across and say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. No, I go to the Heavenly Father and say, Father, forgive me, I've sinned. I don't need a mediator. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit allows us to come into his presence. And sometimes, think of this, sometimes when we don't know what to say, sometimes when we are nervous, sometimes when we're just troubled by life, the Holy Spirit speaks for us. And you don't have to say a word. 
I've been there a few times in my life. I've gone to the altar and just... Uh, and I know that my heart's communicating with God through that Holy Spirit. We have the power to proclaim, pray, and petition, but more than that, in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. With all those speaking in tongues and, and the healing and all those other things, he said, here's the one you want. This is what you want to get. You want to edify. You want to teach. You want to uplift. You want to encourage the church. And all of us can do that. All of us can. You, you can do that for someone today. As you've heard, you've got some folks in this church that are hurting. Write them a note. Give them a call. Drop by in a few days. Be supportive. And listen, know this. The hardest time of someone passing comes after the funeral. We think if we can get people to the funeral, they're okay. But it's afterwards. It's when you have to take the clothes out of the closet. It's when you go through the old pictures. It's when you're sitting alone. Please help those who need help in those times. They need it. That's what makes a church awesome. We're a family. We're a body of believers. And when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. Edify the church. You have a power to teach, to enhance, to give example to the church in His power. The wait is over, yet some of you may still be waiting Wait no more on that power. It's yours. If you are saved, all you have to do is demonstrate it. As a Christian, could I urge you, could I plead with you, could I beg you to begin experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? Step out by faith. Take some huge leaps for Jesus Christ. What's the last great thing you attempted for Jesus? What is it? Some of you may say, well, I've, I've never done that. Could I encourage you this week to take a step of faith? I don't know what it is. It'll be different for you than it will me. Take a step of faith. I'm going to talk to somebody about the Lord. I'm going to give an extraordinary amount to the Lord financially. I'm going to spend more time in Bible reading than I've ever spent. I'm going to pray more intently than I've ever prayed before. I'm going to ask God to give me the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to be more bold. I want to be stronger. I want to be wiser in the things of Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit. The wait is over. We serve a risen Savior, and by His resurrection, we see this final thing we can put to death, wondering. Wondering. Jesus declares all this to the disciples and then ascends from atop the Mount of Olives. Again, what a thrill to stand in the vicinity of that spot 11 times. I am standing on the Mount of Olives today. I look behind me, I look up before me, and there's the city of Jerusalem. Behind me is Bethany. Bethany. The place is talked of. I've seen it. I've seen where Lazarus was, was marked as buried. And he's in Bethany on the other side of the mountain. And they, they walk up. He's come out of the city. And they've gone around the, the, the side of the, the mount there. And they've ascended to the top. I've stood atop the Mount of Olives. And there he says to them, I'm ascending to the Father. But don't worry. I'm coming again. I'm coming again. I'm going to catch you away. I'm looking forward to that day, aren't you? Oh, man, I'm telling you. When we hear that trumpet sound. If nothing else, if nothing else of this COVID situation, this is what I've learned. 
God is preparing us for what's coming and what this world is going to see and endure in the days to come. When this thing first started, they said, okay, it's going to be terrible and we're going to get through it. It's going to be a couple weeks. We'll be okay. Just everybody stay home. We're all going to be all right. And we came out and people were still sick. Let's wear masks and wash our hands and everybody will be okay. And you know what? We put on masks and we wash our hands and still people are getting sick. But there's a vaccine coming. There's a vaccine coming. Your children will be okay. You'll be okay. You can travel. You can go in the store. You don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to wear gloves. You can go back to work. Everybody can make money again. Stores can open. Everything will be okay. Just take the vaccine. Now, some of us are already saying, I'm not taking the vaccine. But there are some people like, line me up. They're offering in the United States $1,500 if you'll take the vaccine. Some of you are saying, where do we sign up? <laughs> I'll take two. <laughs> Can't you see how this world is being conditioned for a one world leader who will say, listen, you don't have to worry anymore about any kind of vaccines. You don't have to worry about any kind of money problems. You don't have to worry about anything. All you have to do is take this mark and you'll be okay. Let's be honest, some of us 20, 30, 40 years ago heard preachers talk about the end times of people taking a mark and that. No way. Nobody would ever do that. I got to tell you, I can see it. I can see it. Your life will be good. Your kids will never be taken from you. They'll never be lost. We'll know where they are. We know where you are. Hey, throw your wallet away. Just scan this. Boop. I can see it. Is he coming? Oh, yeah. Is he close? I got to think so. He's closer than he's ever been. And he says, I'm going to catch those who are saved away. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, gone. And the Holy Spirit leaves with us. And this world has no restraint. No wondering. He sends and they cross over the Kidron Valley and through the gate, the eastern gate. It's blocked now. Ottoman Empire blocked that gate. There's an Arab cemetery in front of the Eastern Gate. And some people think that the Arabs did that to try and stop Jesus from coming. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it's blocked. We see it from inside and outside. It's blocked. You look across, it's famous. You can see the gold domes in the background. The Eastern Gate, he walked through, they walked through that and up onto the Temple Mound. That was the quickest way through the Kidron Valley. And they went up and they began to worship God and praise God. That's Jesus. He's the Messiah. We didn't know it at first. He kind of threw us off, but then he proved that it's him. We saw the nail prints and his feet and his hands. And he ate, so we know that he's alive. And he told us all things. And he brought to memory all the things that he'd said. And all the scriptures of the Old Testament began to race back into our lives. And he's alive. He's our Savior. He's the coming Messiah. He's going to take us all away. He's going to transport us to that place called heaven. Oh, what a joy they had. And folks, I have that same joy today. There's no wondering for me. You see, I've never seen Jesus. I've never eaten with Jesus. I've never heard his voice, but I've read his words. And I've seen those places. And I want to tell you that if I had none of those other things, I know this, Jesus lives within my heart. When I got saved, my life was transformed. When I got saved, my life became brand new. When I got saved, there was something that changed in me. This can be hard to believe, but when I was a little kid, I was kind of timid. I was kind of shy. I was bashful. I was kind of a nervous kid. And when I got saved, my parents said, something happened. Something happened to you. And I found a strength and a power in the things of Jesus Christ. And I stand before you here today, still nervous. Not worried. 
I'm nervous because I'm handling the word of God and I'm influencing the souls of mankind to tell you this. There's no more wonder in my life. No more wonder, no more doubt, no more question for them or for us. This was the Christ, this was the Messiah, this was God's promised deliverer, not of a nation, but of the soul of mankind. This was the Son of God, the gift of God, the Lamb of God, the bread of life, the living water. The life, the life, the truth, and the only way to eternal life. Maybe you're wondering today, how do I get to heaven? There's only one way. The Baptist way? Nope. The way. The way, Jesus. By having a personal relationship with him, you have the hope of eternal life. And with that, I have no worry. I have no wonder. I have no waiting. I'm good. There was a man here last week. Seven days ago, right there. I thought I'd see him again this week, but he's gone. Forgotten? No, you don't forget a Brian Norsworthy. You don't. But gone. Folks, there's no telling that you'll be here next week. In the last two weeks, I know four or five people who have left this world to go off into eternity. It will happen to all of us one day. Are you prepared for that? He was. He was. Are you? Maybe they say, preacher, I'm saved. Praise God, I'm saved. Let me ask you today. Are you, are you testifying of the power of Christ in your life and the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells you? Are you letting people know, listen, I'm not worried. I'm being cautious. I'm being concerned today. Yes, that's necessary. But listen, I'm not afraid. I'm not worried about this thing. God's got it. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Are you sharing with people today? Listen, you don't have to wonder. I can tell you Jesus is the Messiah. How do you know that? He lives within my heart. The Bible tells me so. But even beyond that, I've experienced that I know that new birth. I know that old man that passed away and the new man that now lives. No more wondering. Let me ask you, are you worried? Are you waiting? Are you wondering? I can tell you by experience that you don't have to. You don't have to. And today, if you say, preacher, I'm not worried and I'm not waiting and I'm not wondering, let me ask you, who have you told that to recently? Who have you shared that with? Who's experienced that? In the hardest of times, and you can imagine what that is, in the hardest of times, we can be the greatest testimony of Christ. It's okay. We're sad. We're missing something or someone. And it's not easy. But it's okay. Because I have a risen Savior. And his name is Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for a risen Savior today. Thank you for the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ. God, I think of the Furies today. A loved one left them. I think of the families that are here and impacted today. A loved one has left them. But not for long. Not for long. It'll just be a few more days and we'll be together again. How can you say that, preacher? Some would say. 
I say it because I believe the Bible. I believe what Jesus said to his disciples. And I believe what he said to me the time that I called on him as Savior. Father, I pray if there's one here today that's not saved, that they know Christ. And stop worrying. And stop waiting. And stop wondering. And Father, for those that are here today and know Jesus Christ as our Savior, I pray that we would take that, it would embolden us, and Father, that we would be an even greater witness and testimony than we've ever been before. I pray that it would inspire us to be more of the Word, more in prayer, more faithful to church, more faithful in our witness, more faithful in edifying the church. Father, if there's a weakness of those things in our lives, I pray today that we would find the strength of Christ to overcome that. Help us, I pray. This morning, let me ask you, are there some here this morning that say, Preacher, I'm going to be honest with you, I am worried. Money's kind of tight. I've got a loved one that's sick. My job is up in the air. My kids are having some hard times. I'm a little worried today. I'd like to pray for you today. I'd like to encourage you. I'd like to help you. Is there anyone today say, Preacher, I'm just going to be honest. It's on my heart, and, and I believe that God's going to see this, and between you and I and the Holy Spirit of God, I'm a little worried today. Hey, listen, we all go through that, and you can overcome it. Can I pray and encourage you today? Would, would you lift your hand and say, Preach, I'm a little worried today. God bless you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Amen. God bless you and you, three or four folks, others. I'm worried today. I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about some folks. I'm a little worried about some things in my life. Are there some today say, Preacher, I'm I'm waiting. I'm saved, but I haven't really exercised the power of Christ in my life. I'm still very timid and I'm very quiet and and I really haven't gotten involved. And and there's an area of service here that I should be involved in. And I just keep waiting and I can't wait any longer. Could I pray for you today? I'm waiting and I I don't want to. Would you slip your hand up and hold it and say, that's me. I'm waiting on something. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. And then finally, there's some today that are saying, you know, I just wonder about this whole thing. You talk about Jesus, and you talk about eternal life, and you talk about salvation, and I just have so many questions. Could I pray today that God would help to begin right now to answer some of those questions in your life, even in this prayer time, that the Holy Spirit would say, listen, here's some things that you need to know. He'll do that. He'll do that. Are there some here today say, preacher, I'm wondering about some things. I'm wondering about what's going on. How are we going to do this? I'm wondering today. I want to pray for you. Would you slip your hand up and hold it for just a moment? Say, that's me. I'm wondering today. I've got some wonder. Amen. In a moment, we're going to do just as we did last week. We're going to stand. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray. If you wish to come forward to this altar, you can do it. It's been sanitized. You keep our distance. But you can come and pray today if you'd like to do that. I just, I just love coming to the altar. But if you say, I can stand here and and make my petition with God, you do that this morning. You pray. Take as long as you want. It's still early. And you talk to the Lord. And you let Him know there's some things that need to die in my life because I serve a risen Savior. Jesus lived. And I need to live to the fullest. Let's stand to our feet, please. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Father, help these today who've raised their hands. I pray for those today that are maybe worried, they're concerned. I pray for those today that are waiting on that power of the Holy Spirit and to use it in their lives. And I pray for those today that may be wondering, what in the world do I need to do to be saved, to get through this situation, to know God like he spoke of? God, I pray as these folks take time right now to pray that you would move upon their hearts. Holy Spirit of God, have full reign in this place. And Father, do what you need to do in this place right now. 
that we might better understand that we serve a risen Savior. And we pray it in Jesus' name. The piano begins to play, and you begin to pray. If you'd like to come forward, now is the time to do that. Now is the time. Come and pray. Come and pray. As you stand there today and pray, when you're done praying, you go ahead and be seated. Take as much time as you need. It's 1136. Early. You take that time that you need. Beg the Lord for whatever need you have in your life. Stay as long as you need. Stay at the feet of Jesus as long as you need. Let him comfort you today, console you today, and help you today. I'm worried. I'm waiting. I'm wondering. Holy Spirit, help us today. Folks are beginning beginning to be seated. When you're done today, you can be seated. When our number of folks have been seated, Brother Paul's going to come and conclude the service. Well, God, help us today. Help us to know we serve a risen Savior. Reinstate in our hearts that he was the Christ. He was the Messiah. He was God's promised deliverer. He was the Son of God, the gift of God, the Lamb of God, the bread of life, the living water, the life, the truth, and the way. Others are being seated this morning. When you're done, go ahead and be seated.